Hey guys, welcome to She Knows Arsenal. My name is Jessica and I'm your host and you can follow me on Twitter at It's Jessino. On today's show, we're going to be just doing some some random stuff today. It's Friday and, um, you know, let's just keep it casual. You know, I'm not going to have any guests. It's just going to be you and I. And we're going to be doing a little bit of news. You know, we'll do some post-match about, you know, the Slavia Prague game and we'll do live Q&A, you know, so um, yeah. How do you guys feel, you know, today after the Slavia Prague, you know, debacle, you know, um, we tied them 1-1. We were at home. They were able to get the away goal and we capitulated in the last minute of the game. Um, I don't know. I think I'm kind of at the point where it's like, I'm not surprised. So these things don't really get to me as much as they used to. Um, It's really disappointing to see that we just can't seem to get things over the line. And I think at a certain point, I I don't know, it needs to be addressed somehow, like, you know, where it's not acceptable to be this bad so often. You know, I don't know if that's a, a good way to put it, but it just feels like it's acceptable for Arsenal players to be, you know, not concentrating to be just really, really poor throughout the game, to make really bad individual errors at crucial points in the game. And, you know, we always say, you know, they weren't like that at Atletico. They weren't at like that in the Portugal national team. They weren't like that at the places that they were at before. But I think that that's just a culture thing. I think it's it's an environment thing. I think it's it's the environment of Arsenal allows you to be a mediocre and make mistakes you know there's just it just feels like it's embedded in arsenal and i'm not quite sure why we can't seem to get over it and you know lone star says tgif it's friday i agree bulgarian gunner thank you for being here um i am doing well i'm i'm perfectly fine today um you know we'll get into it but um yeah i feel good and i hope you're you're feeling well as well um, Lone Star says, disappointed in the players, couldn't convert three massive chances. I agree with that. Um, Yo-Yo says, shades of Olympiacos last season, disheartening. Um, I couldn't agree more. And Lone Star says, we couldn't finish our dinner. And, you know, I tweeted this morning, I think it was like early this morning or late last night that, you know, this game really came down to, for me, you know, tactics, you know, not we didn't have the right tactics in my opinion I also think the missed chances as well as you know maybe a little bit of arrogance hubris overconfidence in what Arteta was doing and a lack of urgency to make changes when things were not working Um, we've been calling for him to be more aggressive and more proactive when it comes to his substitutions and making changes when things are not working And it just seems like he has this reluctancy to change things and it's killing us. You know, I watched the champions league. I'm sure you guys did as well um, on Tuesday and and Wednesday. And you saw, you know, Hansi Flick, Jurgen Klopp, you know, um, even Pochettino making substitutions at the 30th, 40th, and 50th minute when they realized things were not working out. And the Champions League is a much more competitive and high-stakes tournament than the Europa League. So if they're making those types of decisions, why is Arteta not making them? You know, it's just, 
it's not working. So make the changes. You could just tell you, we really should have had two changes probably at halftime. I said that, you know, I think, um, I thought the change was Willian out Pepe on, you know, before the game, I did a stream with the Euro expert and he was fabulous and giving me good information about Slavia Prague and the way that they play. And he was telling me that they are a mid block team. They're not a low block team. So there is space in behind. And once you kind of bypass that initial press, there's tons of space in behind the fullbacks and the center backs where fast, aggressive players can get in behind and score goals. And so my initial reaction to seeing Willian in the lineup was this is a mistake and it's an obvious one. And I think it proved to be the wrong choice the entire game when the left-hand side was just unable to, to have any sort of fluidity, any sort of attack, you know, for somebody who speaks about balance so much, I think it was egregious to have Cedric on the left-hand side as a right-footed left back and to have another right-footed player on that side in Willian. What happened to the balance? I think it was obvious that you needed Pepe there, not only for balance sake, but for the, the fact that there's space in behind. And if somebody could have just kicked the ball in behind the fullbacks and just played route one football, just straight down the channels and in behind and just cross a good cutback, I think we would have been a lot more dangerous because I just think the game was overcomplicated by the tactics. I saw Thomas and Jacka and pretty much everybody in behind the strikers trying to play these really intricate five feet pass, five yard passes to each other when it was so unnecessary because we didn't need to draw Slavia Prague out. You know, you usually pass the ball around when you're trying to draw the defense out. They were already drawn out. We could have just popped the ball over into the channels and just played a lot more simple, but we didn't have the the quality in the midfield to find the channels. I don't know what was going on with Thomas and Jacka. It seemed like we weren't even trying to build up through them. It seemed like Holding and Gabrielle were supposed to be hitting the ball long and neither of them have the quality, you know, to play those balls in behind. And then we also didn't have the movement and the speed and pace in the forwards to, to make those runs, you know, because you had William on one side and Saka, who was clearly not a hundred percent fit on the other side. So, yeah, I think the tactics were wrong. Obviously the big chances from uh, Saka, you know, that ended up being onside. They said it was onside after the fact. And then Lacazette missing a one-on-one -on -one opportunity. Like that was really, really bad. And then a bombing when he came on missed a chance as well. So you know, it was just, um, it was just really, really poor, you know, and um, I don't think the tie is over, you know, I, obviously, we have a chance to continue, continue on in the in the tournament. But just from a confidence standpoint, I just think the team is devoid of all confidence, and they don't seem like they're confident in what they're doing. And I think he's leaning more into the senior players again, which was his fatal flaw before Boxing Day where you saw Willian a lot, you saw Bombing a lot, you saw Lacazette a lot. And when he switched over to the kids, he got some joy. Now we're going back to playing these players again. And it's not a shock to me that we're playing like crap. You know, so yeah, it's it's really distressing. You know, I, I, I don't know what it is. You guys let me know in the chat box if you think that, 
you know, it's hubris from Arteta that's making him so stubborn and firm on his tactics and his lineups. Or if you think it's like job security, he feels like maybe he's not um, he's not in danger, you know, because for me, both of those together can be a very dangerous combination with somebody who's very inexperienced. You know, it's how can you be so sure about things that you're doing when you've never done them before? I'm not sure about what you're doing because I don't have anything to look back to and say, well, when he did it here, it worked out. You know, so I think we're back to that point that we were before where we were questioning every little thing that Arteta was doing because we just don't trust him. I think he's lost a lot of trust from the fan base that was built up after Boxing Day. It's kind of gone now because we don't really know what we're doing. You know, so let me read some of these comments. Lone Star says, Willian over Martinelli and Pepe. Um, yeah, that was not good. Um, Jim Housen says, "You do you think there will come a time soon when Arteta thinks I've I've had enough and quit? I mean, um, yeah, I mean, maybe. I think if he doesn't get the types of players that he wants over the summer, I think he'll be ready to go that next summer or, or he'll be fired. So um, I hate to say it, but I think Arteta is using this as a, a stepping stone, you know, to a bigger or a different job. Um, it's really unfortunate that he's learning his trade on Arsenal's time. And I, I don't blame Arteta for that. I blame the executives for that. I like Arteta and I want him to do well, but I think the appointment has been unsuccessful up to this point. Yo-Yo says the team was so narrow. It was because you didn't have any width. You know, you had a left-footed player on the right-hand side, you know, in Saka, and then you had two right-footers on the left-hand side. So there was no width. There was nobody that could just go. It, it, it was just, to me, it was just wrong. It just didn't make sense. Lone Star says, yeah, we didn't test the keeper, press higher. We didn't. And, you know, I was saying throughout the game, I was like, why are we so deep? You know, why are we not pushed into their half? And it just screamed, I'm scared. I, I'm playing fearful. I'm not sure. You know, and really when you play with, with holding, you're always five to 10 yards deeper into your half because he's not fast and he's a low block defender anyway. So, you know, we just we didn't impose ourselves on the opposition and we played like the more inferior team to me throughout the game. Floss next has agreed. No left footed player on the left was a big mistake and it wasn't surprising at all. Exactly. Let's see. Barry says the fear factor and how we couldn't handle those last minute after we scored was scary, but it's, it, are you surprised? Like Barry, let me know if you feel like you're surprised at this. I'm not shocked at all. You know, it's, it's what happened last season. And that last minute capitulation has not been worked out of this team. It's still there. And so is it our Ted or is it the players? Static says, Hey Jess, I hope you're doing well. I am. Thank you for asking. And I hope you're doing well as well. And um, you're saying that was a very disappointing performance last night. Arteta is so obsessed with late substitutes. Time is running out for him. Is time running out for him or no? I don't think that he feels any, you know, jeopardy at this point. Like this is almost like a free hit for him, you know, um, at our expense, you know, at, you know, the expense of having European competition at the expense of prestige for Arsenal. You know, I don't think he's really losing out on much here. You know, he'll, he'll leave Arsenal and get a job rather quickly. And we'll be sitting here outside of European competition trying to figure out what we're going to do. So I don't think time is really running out for him. I think this job is really 
a, just a trial run for him and he'll go to his next job and probably do well. Um, Dev Hurt says all wrong from Arteta overthinking big games the way Pep does in the in the Champions League. Yeah, he does overthink. He gets really he overthinks a lot, you know, I think. And it just was the they don't look comfortable, you know, and I was saying this like during the game that I feel the lack of energy and the lack of aggressiveness and just confidence comes from not being sure and what you're being asked to do when you're confident in what you're doing. Like think about any new job that you've started or any situation that you've been in, in your life where you weren't confident in what you were doing. You won't be comfortable in what you're being asked to do because you've never really done it before or it's not in your skill set. and how it makes you almost question simple things that you used to do all the time. That's what I feel like is we can't do the basics because they're being asked to do things that are outside of what they would normally do. So they're not playing on instinct anymore. They're playing based on these very, you know, difficult tactics. And it's just, it's zapping the life out of this team. You know, the only players that I know of in our team at the moment that can play in multiple positions and multiple different tactical schemes and still give good performances is Saka and Karen Tierney. Everybody else seems to struggle if the job is changed or what they're being asked to do is different from game to game. And I think most players play better in situations where they are consistently doing the same thing so that they can become good at them. But if every time we start to do something and get some chemistry and get some consistency, the job changes again it's hard to get confident in what you're doing. And the lack of confidence that I've seen in the Liverpool game and the Slavia Prague game, I think really just stems from feeling like you're not comfortable in what you're being asked to do. Because we saw Gabrielle up by uh, William. We saw Holding crossing the ball in. And although it could have looked like, you know, they were, you know, trying to spur the team on and get the team to go forward and all that kind of stuff. To me, it just looked like, overcomplicated ta tactics where you're making people that are not good at those things go into positions where they're not comfortable and leaving us exposed on the other end. So I'm not quite sure what was going on there, but you guys let me know. Were you confused by the tactics yesterday? Can you tell me what you thought Arteta was trying to accomplish? Because um, I really can't tell you. Let's see. Alfred says, we worked with, we worked the overlap quite well, but it was the final move. We weren't clinical enough to take the early initiative. Confidence might be a factor. I really think confidence and going into really important games now, it just feels like without confidence, there's nothing there. You know, we need to be confident. I think he needs to try to turn it around against Sheffield. We need to batter them or something because this team is just every single player lacks confidence. If you really look at it, it's like, okay, does Sack is missing chances probably because he's not confident. Lacazette missing chances. He's definitely not confident. Aubameyang missing chances. Not confident. Pepe not being able to get a run of games, even though he's working really hard and playing decently. Not confident. Thomas Party clearly not confident. Ceballos, not confident. What players on the team right now are actually confident? You know, you have to think about that. And that can't just be all the players are crap. There's something fundamentally wrong at Arsenal at the moment where people are not feeling confident. And I have a hard time separating the confidence factor from Arteta. You know, it may be a, you know, it, it doesn't mean that he's battering them in practice and all that kind of stuff. It could just be what he's asking them to do 
is so outside of their comfort zone that it doesn't make them feel confident on the pitch to, to do it. Dubber Ducky says Arteta did play Saka and ESR. Not sure he reverted back to experience. He would have played Martin if not injured. I mean, I understand that, but there was the option to play Pepe instead of Willian, you know, and he also against West Ham played Aubameyang and Lacazette up front, something that hasn't worked for us in a very long time. Did the same thing against Liverpool as well, played Aubameyang and Lacazette. We played best when you pick either Lacazette or Aubameyang and you play three young players behind them. That's that's the best that we play. Either you play Pepe, Odegaard, ESR, or Saka, a combination of those players in behind one of those strikers. It has never worked with Willian. So why do it in a very important game when Pepe has been playing well and you need balance on the left-hand side? To me, it just seemed like I'm going with my experience because that's my I'm reverting to type. That's what I feel comfortable with because there's no real justification in my mind to playing Willian. Lone Star says, I just don't trust the players. Yeah. Gunnar Express says, Arteta was supposed to take over from Pep. It's why City let him City let him go. Mm, good point. Matthew says, Jess, it's very difficult to know whether it was tactical to not press Slavia or the team stood off due to hesitancy or lack of belief. I mean, I think it's the lack of belief and the hesitancy you know, the, the confidence thing, the team is devoid of confidence. And for a team that needs to do something in Europe, that's very, very, very bad. Yeah. Deb says it feels like we're timid. Exactly. So yeah, but um, we have a game against Sheffield. I think that's the most important game right now. Your most important game is your next game. And I think because we're playing against a team that's not playing for anything, Sheffield's not playing for anything. They know they're getting relegated. I think that this would be a good chance for him to revert back to the kids and get some confidence going that way because um, I just don't see it for some of these players. You either need to pick a bombing or Lacazette. Don't pick both. Put William back on the shelf and figure out a way to get three of those young players in behind one of the strikers and just do that. You know, maybe even play Martinelli at center forward against Sheffield. It won't hurt at this point. It won't. You know, they don't have confidence anyway. Whether you play a bombing or Lacazette or not, they fall in and out of confidence on any given day. So at this point, I think you just go with the kids and go back to the energy and the confidence and then add in senior players as you go. But I mean, against Sheffield, we have to batter them to do something. Like we really, really need some confidence. Harry says, no more Willian. When you're searching for positives about a player's performance, it means that they're shit. Exactly. Yo-Yo says, Nelson and Kedia Balligan on the bench at least. Yeah, that's true. But we need to get some of these, you know, some of these kids on the on on the, on the the pitch. You know, maybe um, in particular, maybe Balligan. You know, we can kind of segue on to, you know, what that means for us moving forward now that Balligan has agreed to sign a new deal. Um, very good timing on that <laughs> um, announcement from, from Arsenal this morning about Balogun's contract. I think that gave um, that gave the fan base something to look forward to and to be happy about. Um, Balogun is a very good player, and I think the fact that the, the club um, didn't let go of the, the chance to re-sign him says how much 
confidence they have in him going forward. You know, if he was a crap player, he wasn't that good. They would have just said, we'll kick rocks, you know, but I mean, it's been a year or so of us trying to get this guy to resign. And I think it's a good sign going forward that we're giving these young players longer contracts and signing them up for the future. Um, how do you guys feel about Balligan resigning now? Are you, you know, does that give you some confidence in Adu and Arteta's ability to build the squad over time? You know, I think that this is definitely a feather in their cap. You know, William to me is a huge black mark on their CV, but being able to get young players on longer contracts, I think is a good thing. It's a bare minimum. It's something we should be doing anyway, but it's something that we weren't doing in the past. So I do want to give them credit for it. Harry says very good timing on the Balligan announcement release new training kits as well. And all will be forgotten. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I think that I do think it was released at um, today to ease the blow of the, the result against um, Slavia Prague. So I'm very, very happy that they got this done. And I think that this should um, spell curtain time for, for Enketia and, and Lacazette. For anybody who was thinking that maybe it was okay to resign Lacazette, keep him for another year. I think yesterday's game should have been a good enough indication that we need to move on from some of these older players and take more risks with the, the younger players. I don't see any other teams being so apprehensive to introduce young players. I think it's an excuse that the club is using to justify playing these older players, but younger players, I just think are actually more reliable you know, than the older players that we have in our team. We're not blessed with really good older players that have good experience that are reliable. We don't have that. So I don't really see the reason why we would continue to to lean into them when we have such good young talent. You know, so I think it's a good thing that they've re-signed Balligan and now we can move forward and move on Lacazette and Enkedia. It means nothing if the if the pathway is still blocked. And I don't think Balogun would um, would have signed if he doesn't know for sure that some of these players will be gone. Let's see. Yo-Yo says, indifferent while Arteta remains at the club due to how the forwards have been used this season. I mean, that is, it is a worry, you know, because the young players that we have, I do think Arteta has had a, a big hand in the value destruction of those players and, you know, their inability to get into the team. We have a lot of young players that have not been integrated into this into the side because Arteta has been around. You know, at a certain point, Emery started to really lean into the young players. And Arteta has did pretty much the opposite in uh, getting rid of the young players and not really giving them opportunities and being more interested in, in solidifying the older players. Not really sure what that's about, but it is a little worrying having Balogun and Saliba in particular, you know, signed to contracts for Arsenal and Arteta being the coach, because up until this point, I've seen a real reluctancy from him to lean into youth. And most good teams have good young players that they rely on. So I don't really understand. I mean, even City, you know, they have young players that they lean into. And I know that they're a better team, but I mean, if Pep does it, why don't you do it? You know, even teams like Borussia Dortmund, I know they're not playing well right now, but they they rely on young talent. So why is it such a big deal for us to do the same? 
Matthew says it's smart by Balogun. Abba and Lacazette could be out the door in 15 months. So what an opportunity for him. Exactly. And I don't think it makes any sense to resign him if you're going to continue to play the likes of Lacazette and have Eddie blocking his path. I think those two players have to have to go, you know, and let Balogun and Martinelli, the more talented players, get the chances, you know, at this point. I mean, who wouldn't want Balogun and Martinelli in their side? You know, they're young, but I think any coach, like especially coaches that are lower down in the table, would bite your hand off for players like that. Even Klopp has really been um, complimentary to Martinelli in the past. You know, we we have an opportunity to, you know, integrate really good young talent into our side. And the fact that we have pretty poor older players should be like, I think something that Arteta should really be excited about, but he seems really apprehensive to, to get them into the side. Uh, Dr. Jazz says, I'm hearing the news from your live stream. Yeah. Balogun. Um, it's, well, it's been reported by Ornstein and some really, you know, um, I guess reliable outlets that Balogun will be signing a four-year deal. Alfred says, um, Balogun, you never seen Balogun play before. Um, I mean, he played for, for Arsenal in the Europa League and scored a goal within like 30 seconds. I mean, that's like, well, we were playing against farmers. But from what I've seen from him, he does have a lot of talent. Obviously, he's a young player, so he'll need time to get used to playing, you know, used to playing first team football, you know, but um, I'm I'm happy about it. Football Heritage Podcast says you can't have too many young players at one moment. Um, you you can't, but at the same time, we're not blessed with good senior players. So would you rather continue to play them and lose games? Or would you rather, in a, I mean, who would you rather see losing games right now, the senior players or young players? You know, because they're all going to lose games because the senior players are not good enough. So I'd rather feel like we're moving in the right direction and they learn, you know, their trade at Arsenal right now. You know, I just don't see why the older players would continue to get chances when they continuously let us down. Vlasinex says, I hope it's a good sign with Balogun and Saliba back in the summer. It could be like two new signings and we would not have to spend on. Exactly. We have to think about the fact that we probably won't have a lot of money in the summer, you know, so not as much as, um, you know, maybe other teams that we compare ourselves to. So having players that you don't have to spend money on because we already have them in in our team is a good thing. And I think I agree with you that Saliba and Balogun can be like two new signings. Yo-Yo says Enketia was rumored to have been considered by West Ham, having been on loan to Leeds in the past. Every manager above Arteta in the Prem would take our fours if they were free agents. I mean, that's the thing. I just think, you know, in January... Arteta said Enketia is not for sale under any circumstance. And I just thought, why not? You know, why wouldn't he be? He hasn't played since then, you know? So if he has, it's been very little. So I think one thing I do want to see um, Arteta work on, or maybe be better at in the future is not keeping players around just for the sake of it, keeping them as just in case players, because, I mean, we could have sold Maitland Niles, probably wouldn't have hurt us that much for 15 million to Wolves. Could have sold Inketia in January for 20 million to West Ham or Brighton or one of these types of teams. And it wouldn't have hurt us that much. You know, what did hurt us was not getting a left back, you know, so 
maybe if you would have sold one of those players, we had money to get a left back, you know? So Harry says, we need to mix it up, generate a spark, give, give the opposition something different to think about. Unpredictability can go a long way and start a turnaround. Exactly. I think that that's what gave us the, the spark that we needed in boxing day was bringing in young players that nobody really knew anything about, you know? So I think he needs to go back to that. You know, that's what, it's like he goes away from what works, you know, when we're doing well, you know, um, we were doing well before the West Ham game, you know, with the types of combinations of players that we had and he went away from it. And it, so it's not surprising to me that we were crap against West Ham in the first 30 minutes. Let's see. Temp step says Sheffield is the best experiment to try the youth. I agree with that. I think, I mean, I get that we can still qualify for Europe through the league, but let's just be real. We're going to lose more games. So why not just go ahead and start integrating the young players? I mean, let's get Martinelli fit. That's another part of it is that if we do happen to get further into the Europa League, wouldn't you want Martinelli to be fit? I mean, right now it just kind of feels like he's shaking off the cobwebs. It will be nice to give him some, some playing time you know, against Sheffield, what, what do you have to lose at this point? We've lost everything. No, I'm just kidding, but you get what I'm saying. Let's see. Matthew says, Jess, will we see Balogun and Matt Ryan along with youngsters playing in the remaining league games? I don't think so. I think Arteta is going to continue to play these players in the league, even though we don't have a lot to play for. Um, I really do think that he needs to to rotate the squad, not from like a rest perspective, but from a looking towards next season perspective. I mean, the the thought that we're going to have this great and wonderful preseason is kind of a myth, you know, with the Euros coming up. I don't really see us having that big of a preseason. So maybe if you can use these last eight games to integrate some youth while trying to get some confidence at the same time would be a better use of these last eight games than letting Lacazette, Willian and Aubameyang playing those games for what you know I don't really understand why we would do that Mag says even if he's fit will Arteta play him I don't know I don't know he's been reluctant to if you're talking about Martinelli he's been reluctant to do so Doom and Gunnar says front three Martinelli Balogun Pepe against Sheffield test some of the things out for next season exactly what do you have to lose at this point and we'd probably do well, you know, with those players. They are good young players. Louis Lewis says, Jess, do you think, or Louis Louis, it may be Louis Louis, um, says, Jess, do you think the reaction to last night has been justified or OTT from the fan base? I think that for, for certain people, I feel like it, it could be an overreaction. I think that um, we're still in it, you know, from a result standpoint, take the performance out of it from a result standpoint, one, one against Slavia Prague, you're still in it. We're not out of it, but I think from the playing perspective and again, the mischances, the weird tactics and his inability to Arteta's inability to be flexible and make changes when things are not going right, I think is becoming a very big frustration for the fan base. And so it's being, it's the frustration is becoming louder and louder and louder. There's a lot of people in the fan base that feel like he needs to at least get to the final to 
be to, for the season to not feel like a complete and utter failure, you know? So, and I can't, I can't be upset at people that need to see results to see progress. So one, one against Slavia Prague against a team that we could have really sealed the deal against, you know, going into net the next, the next leg, I think is really disappointing for a lot of people. So I don't want to say it's over the top. We're still in it. And I feel like I want to say that they're justified because I don't want to say that people's opinions are not, um, are not valid. Um, the Charlie George says, do people not see the quality of football's footballers nowadays? Arsenal speak of Balogun and Niles. It's investment and hunger that win leagues. Um, yeah, that's true. I think this, this team needs a lot of investment. I don't think we can get a, around it. I don't think it's about spending as much as you can on one given player or anything like that, but don't get it twisted. We need money to, to make things work from, from here on out. Yo-Yo said, um, Arteta said that last season, said last season he no longer wanted the side to rely on Aubameyang's goals, but failed to empower any other forward at the club. Arteta is a salesman unless until the Europa League final. Yeah, I mean, um, I do think Arteta talked his way into this job and talked his way into a lot of uh, parts of the fan base to feel comfortable with him because that's all he had. I mean, he doesn't have a CV. So the only thing that we can um, rely on is, is what he's saying to us, you know? So, um, I do feel like he's good with words and he has a good way of, of getting people to buy in based on his, what he's telling you, because he doesn't have anything to rely on in terms of results. Um, whether he gets to the Europa league final or not is not going to change whether or not he's here because the club is going to keep him in my opinion until at least next summer. But I do think that it would do a world of good for a lot of uh, parts of the fan base that are really upset by our league position to at least get to the final. Wait, let me go here real quick. It sounds like Louis, but it's with an S. Okay, got it. <laughs> Louis, Louis, probably. Deb says, um, it feels like Arteta isn't able to judge talent correctly. Blocks moves for Eddie and, and Ainsley Maitland-Niles when we could have cashed in on them and then doesn't play them. And when he finds out they're not doing the job. Yeah, exactly. I think that's something that needs to be addressed. And, you know, um, maybe that takes, you know, Adu maybe taking a stronger hand and telling Arteta that we're not keeping these players just in case, you know, we need to get, we need to get the money that we can for them now, you know, so I expect both of them to be moved on in the summer to make room for, for other players, you know, there's no reason to keep them around. They're not going to make it at Arsenal. And that's not to say that they're not good players. They're just not going to make it at Arsenal. It's not the right time or the right place, you know? So here's a question. The Charlie George asks, um, are the players playing for the manager? I mean, that's a hard thing to quantify because, you know, um, it could just be the tactics are not working, you know, the lineup didn't work, you know, things like that. So I think it's a hard thing to quantify if you're not in the dressing room. I wouldn't be surprised if there were players that are not fully bought into Arteta's idea of football because it doesn't suit their particular skill set. So that wouldn't be surprising to me. 
if somebody came out and said, so-and-so doesn't believe in, in the philosophy, um, but are the, play, the players playing for the manager? That's a really hard thing to quantify, I think, at this point. Mag says, um, Arteta lacks man management skills and doesn't know how to empower our young players. No, he doesn't. But these are things that we wouldn't expect him to know how to do because he's, he's a brand new coach. You know what I'm saying? So we should expect him not to know how to do certain things. And I think my biggest my thing is not about Arteta in particular. It's more about the appointment. I think in the place that we're in, in such a vulnerable position um, financially and prestige wise as a club, I think it was almost negligent for the club to bring in a brand new manager that they were not going to support in the right way. He needs a experienced director of football to take over the parts of the job that he doesn't have any experience in like recruit recruitment, you know, squad building, things like that. And he needs to only focus on coaching and learn how to do that. Well, he has too many responsibilities and he doesn't know how to do the job, you know? So I think just the magnitude of where we are, the, the situation in which we're in as a club on top of the fact that he's being asked to do a lot of jobs that he's never done before is negligent by the club, meaning the ownership and the executives. Um, he's not in a position to be successful and new managers need a lot more quality in the side. When we're talking about Arsenal, new managers can go into teams like Brighton and um, championship level clubs and things like that and make a lot of mistakes and not necessarily be super criticized for it. But Arsenal, there's, there's a lot of expectations um, for us. So if they wanted him to do well, they should have given him more quality. And if they were not prepared to do so, meaning they're not, you know, they weren't going to give him a creative midfielder at the beginning of the season, knowing it was basically suicide for this team not to have a creative player at all on the books um, was, I think, a fatal mistake. You know, those seven to eight games really happened when we didn't have a 10 you know, and just think of what kind of position we would be in if we had had a quality creative midfielder from the very beginning of the season. You know, so again, if they were not going to support him um, in a way that was going to give him the best possible chance to be successful, then they should have appointed a more experienced manager that could do better with the pieces that they have right now. You know, only a really experienced manager, I think, could get more out of this um out of this team, because I also think there's an element of respect that Art Arteta is not getting from from this group of players that they wouldn't be able to get away with with a manager maybe like Ancelotti. Dev says, "Would you rather have a manager that is better at man management or someone who is more tactically astute?" I would like a manager that could do both. You know, um, let's think about like somebody like um, like Klopp. He's a very good man manager and he can get his players to run through walls for him. Pep is more tactically astute. So you can be really, even if you're more heavy handed in one area or the other, you can be really successful if you have the right tools. But um, if I just had to like answer the question off of the top of my head, I think I'd ha rather have a man manager because I think you can get a lot out of a team by just motivating them with basic tactics. Let's see.
Mag says they went for the cheaper option and wished for the best. I mean, there's an element of that where I think that that might be kind of true. You know, they felt like this is the best option for us, you know, um, financially. But um, again, there's absolutely no way that Arteta can be successful at this club without enough quality to paper over the cracks of his inexperience. So again, if they weren't going to be prepared to give him the tools, then they should have just spent the money on the manager instead. Let's see. Lone Star says no elite manager would work with these players. None. I mean, if you paid them, they would, you know, but they would need also guarantees that they're going to get the money. And so I think at this point, the management needs to decide how badly they want the club to get back into uh, the Champions League places because it's going to cost them a lot of money, you know, but I think an elite manager would come into Arsenal if they got guarantees about finances being released, you know, so that they could, um, they could uh, improve the squad. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Tuchel would have came in, you know, before he took the Chelsea job, if he just knew that he was going to get a certain amount of money in the summer. And I wouldn't be surprised if he would get a better tune out of these players because they wouldn't have been able to get away with some of the stuff that they're getting away with now, you know? So I do agree to a certain extent that no elite manager would work with these players. They would for a certain amount of time, if they knew that they would get the money to turn over the squad. Lone Star says Pepe, oh, Pep's players run their legs off and never stop working for him. Especially, well, I mean, because they know if they don't, they're out the door. There's consequences at elite clubs for not playing well. At Arsenal, there's no consequences for playing like crap. You play the next week. You know, Pep has so much quality in that squad that, you know, you'll be buried on the bench if you don't do what he tells you to do. You know, so there's an element of respect that Pep gets, but there's also the quality of the squad doesn't give you the wiggle room to be crap. You know, I think fundamentally and culturally at Arsenal, it's okay to be mediocre because you know that there's not enough quality on the bench to, to take away from your playing time. And it's also just kind of accepted, you know, I know I'll play in a couple of weeks, no big deal, no real responsibilities, right? No real consequences. Yo-Yo said, I'd rather Arteta just learns from the past. Keep the few relationships and combinations together. He's tinkering all season. I agree with this. I think that's my that's my main, main thing with Arteta is just play what works. You know, we had kind of figured out how things work. You play Lacazette with Emil Smith-Rowe, Saka, and Pepe. You play Aubameyang with Odegaard, Emil Smith-Rowe, and Saka. And you don't play them together. And you keep William on the bench. That's what we learned. And in the West Ham game, he decided to go away from that and he's been paying for it ever since, you know? So it's just really, it's really annoying to me that Arteta doesn't just keep the, the chemistry together and the combinations that work, you know? But I do want to touch on something just really quickly about Lucas Torreira. You know, there's been a lot of... Um, Headlines about him, obviously, since his mother has passed away and he's made it known to his agent that he'd like to move to Boca Juniors. And, um, you know, they've been on different radio stations saying that if he wants to go, that we should just let him go. So as as um, sympathetic as I am to Torreira for his situation and as as I think as gentle we need to be gentle with him because I think he's a really 
sensitive person and he's going through a very difficult time. I, I do think that there's a certain element of this that is just not realistic because Boca Juniors is never, I don't think they're in a financial situation to, to um, pay for Terrera um, and to give us the type of fee that we require. You know, we spent about 25 million on Terrera. He's still a young player. And although his career hasn't really been going in the direction that I feel like he wants it to go, we still should be able to recoup a certain amount of money for him. So, you know, I think the the price being quoted is 15 million. And I think we should hold out for that, regardless to if he wants to go to Boca Juniors or not. You know, I think there's a certain element of business and, you know, responsibility that needs to be upheld because you are contractually obligated to be at Arsenal for a certain amount of time. And until, until a, a team comes in with a $15 million bid, I don't think we should kind of just give in, even though that's what he wants. You know, how do you guys feel about it? Do you think we should make concessions for Torreira because of his situation or you know, should we hold out for the 15 million? You know, it may seem harsh, you know, and I do uh, sympathize with his situation, but I do think he's a young player that we've spent 25 million on that we're already going to lose money on, you know, so we can't accept, you know, 2 million, 3 million from Boca Juniors because that's what he wants. You know, is that harsh or do you agree? Uh, Charlie, Charlie George says, um, question, Patrick Vieira would whip this bunch. Yeah, I don't want any ex-players as Arsenal managers anytime soon. I think it's problematic. And I think if Vieira doesn't do a good job, then it'll it'll mar what, how we kind of feel about him. It will just kind of muddle the waters. And I just want to remember Patrick Vieira as the captain and one of the best midfielders that Arsenal has ever had instead of this manager that didn't work out, you know? Um, so I wouldn't want him at Arsenal. Luis Luis says, um, Jess, I'm looking to the future as our present is depressing. Who do you think will be our breakout star in season 21, 22? I'm hoping it's, it's Balogun or Martinelli. We haven't seen enough of Martinelli this season. So I'm hoping that it's, it's one of them or Saliba, you know, I am, hoping that Arteta doesn't cut off his nose to spite his face again and brings in the young, talented Saliba to play in that right center back spot. You know, I get the whole, I don't want players with ego. I want the right culture and all that. You're still not getting that. You're still not getting that with the players that you have, you know, and we can't rely on Louise and we can't rely on holding, you know, so I think we need to bring Saliba in because you spent 27 million on this 19 year old to go out and spend more money or, or your options are stick with Louise and holding and have the same results as you did this season, or go out and spend an astronomical amount of money on a player that's maybe one or two years older than Saliba and doesn't probably doesn't even have the same ceiling. I mean, if I'm him, I'm bringing Saliba back right away, you know, so I'm going to say my breakout star for season 21, 22 should be Saliba. Let's see. Yo-Yo says the club owe Terrera nothing. It's a shame. It's a shame. His inner circle has advised him so poorly. Poise joining Sam Sampdoria. 
that's something that I do want to touch on, Yo-Yo. I think it's a really good point that when the deal for Napoli fell, fell through for him, he didn't have to come to Arsenal. He chose to come to Arsenal and he didn't adapt and he wanted out. And it's very well documented that he was not happy at Arsenal and it showed, you know, so as much as I like Torreira and I feel bad that Emery misused him, you're contractually obligated as an Arsenal player. Like that's just the reality of it. And you opted to go to Atletico on loan instead of taking a deal going to Italy, you know, so you forced the club's hand and said, I want to go Atletico and it's not working out for you. You know, so the, the decisions that you've made have led you to this point and you're an Arsenal player until somebody stumps up 15 million to buy you, you know? So I, I just, it's, it's sad what's going on, but I do think that um, Torreira needs to look at some of the decisions that he's made and realize that he didn't have to come to Arsenal and he also didn't have to go to Atletico. He had options, you know. Um, Anthony Soto says, um, we can't sit, take such a big loss. Way too much value there. Exactly. Luis Luis says, regarding Torreira, I think we could compromise. Sounds like he's willing to take a wage cut so we could flip him for 15 to 20 million and use that towards replacements. But does Boca Juniors have 15 million to spend on Torreira? You know, um, that is the, the what I'm not really understanding. I'm, I'm not really sure they have that type of money. So um, I think 15 to 20 million or 15, 12 to 15 million is kind of fair. But do they have that money? He'll have to take a wage cut, but he also can't expect the club to just let him go for free, you know, or for, you know, um, a fifth of what we paid for him. That's not happening. You know, we're going through a pandemic and a financial crisis as well. So, we have to be selfish a little bit in this situation too. Luis Luis says, yep, I'm all on the Saliba hype train. I actually think him and Gabrielle could be a really nice partnership moving forward. I do too. Um, BX Gunner 81 says, I saw the title. Did Balogun sign? Yes. I mean, um, very reliable sources like Ornstein have said that after months and months of pretty much going back and forth. Balogun is resigning with Arsenal on a four-year deal. So that's really good news for us. Don one says Boca's transfer record is only 10 million. Exactly. You know, and that was probably before the pandemic hit, you know, so <laughs> I mean, that's pretty, pretty much putting us in a bad position. See Walder says player swap is the only option. Is there a player that you guys are interested in that's at Boca? I know that isn't Pavone that was on loan at um at the Galaxy, the LA Galaxy, isn't he there? He'd be a good player to bring in, wouldn't he? Lone Star is, you know, um, raining on my parade here. Saliba is EPL unproven. Calm down. I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to hit the ground running and be the solution to all of our problems. But what I'm saying is that you spent 27 million on a 19 year old and your options are either to rely on David Louise and holding who have been historically unreliable for us for one reason or another, or go into the market and spend an astronomical amount of money on Jules Kunde, who's going to cost you 50 million Kanate, you know, if we were even in the conversation for him would cost us 45 million. See what I'm saying? We've already spent, 
27 million on a player that we haven't even given a chance to. So why don't we just at least give him a chance? I'd rather see Saliba fall on his face and prove that he's not good enough instead of buying into this narrative that he's not going to be good enough and we should just settle for David Louise and holding and their unreliability. Alfred says, on a brighter note, who's seen the leaked home kit for 21-22? From what I saw, it didn't look very nice. I didn't like it. Do you guys like it? I mean, I didn't like it. I thought it was looking kind of weird and like kind of like a fake, you know, so I didn't really like it. But um, do you guys like the leaked home kit? Did you guys see it? Uh, Yummy Fash says, hello, Jess. Hello to you as well. Um Dev says, we can't always bow down to players' demands. We'll set a precedent that anyone can take us for a ride. That's very true. Renee says, the rumor is that they are looking for Brazil um, at Brazil for Terreira. I mean, sure, as long as somebody pays 15, 15 million for him, I don't care where he goes, to be honest. Um, Flossneck says, man, I thought Terreira would be our very own Conte back when the transfer happened. Sad story. It is. It just hasn't really worked out. You know, but it's business now. You know, we need to get something for him. He's a young enough player where we shouldn't have to rip up a contract because of whatever situation. You know, we need to figure it out. You know. Don one says, I saw it. It looks like a B-Tech IX kit. I mean, it's not cute from what I saw. I wouldn't, if that's what we're going for, that would just, that's not good. I didn't really like the kit at all. You know, so um, you guys, a couple more minutes. I'd like to answer a couple more questions if you guys have them. Let me go up. Let me go up. Penfold Writer says, an idea is to prize away a few of the Boca Academy's players. I mean, do we need to do a scouting report? Do, is that something that we need to do to see what they have in Brazil or in the Boca Academy? I mean, I'd like for him to get what he wants and I would imagine that with Adu's, you know, connections, he can make something happen. But we need to get something in return. We can't just be tearing up contracts or basically giving away players for free. That's my only caveat to getting him where he wants to go. Yo-Yo says, I'd like more if Ten Hag was, a man was our manager. I mean, he's still at Ajax, correct? He's pretty successful there, obviously, because the quality of the, the Dutch league is not great. And Ajax is obviously the best team. Um, what about him do you like that gives you like, OK, I would want him to be Arsenal manager. I'm curious about this because his name gets floated around, but I'm not quite sure what he's done up to this point. That would make you, you know, confident that he could do a job at Arsenal. I know that the thing is, well, Arteta's here and it can't be any worse than that, you know, but, um, you know, moving forward, if we did get a new manager, I think we'd want a sure thing. So would Ten Hag be that manager? That's my question. Let's see. Okay. McKnight. Sorry. Um, Nisio. I hope that's how I, um, I pronounced your name. I'm sorry if I butchered it, but greetings from Cameroon. Thank you. Um, extending Balogun is proof Arsenal move, are looking to move on Laka. Abba is not entirely untouchable. He will be let go for a good offer comes in. Um, 
at this point, if somebody offered me 30 million for a bombing, I would take it. Um, you know, I don't know. Are you guys still convinced that we need to be doing, um, resting all of our, our hopes and dreams on a bombing shoulders? I mean, I just think, you know, at this point, we're probably stuck with him. But if somebody offered us some money for him, I'd probably take it because he doesn't seem entirely happy. You know, it hasn't really worked out. And the last thing we want to do is end up with another Ozil situation where we're tearing up his contract or or whatever in a year. You know, so I don't really know. You know, I don't know if anybody's going to come in and, and want a bombing off of the back of this season and what they what we've seen from him. But um, I do agree with the un un untouchable part in terms of I don't think he should just get carte blanche and and start even through good for uh, bad form and all that kind of stuff. I think we need to start integrating some of our younger strikers and not have all of the reliance be on a player that's not playing well. Longstar says, um, doubt any team would spend 30 million this summer. Yeah, that's true. Lone Star says players have down tools. I mean, I definitely was saying that during that seven to eight game period, they had down tools and people were trying to tell me, no, they haven't. No, they haven't. I'm like, that was down tools a hundred percent. And it looks similar to it now. If, if we look the same against Sheffield, then yeah, we're in, we're in trouble. Luis Luis says, um, blow it all up and start again with Arteta at the helm. I don't really know. Um, just blow it up. I do agree with the blow up part, but if we blew it up and we could start over with a new coach, I'm not sure if I would choose Arteta again, if I'm honest. Um, Steve Brown says, Aubameyang is not supposed to even wear an Arsenal t-shirt again. He's been rubbish, absolutely rubbish. He's another Ozil and needs to go. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but um, he hasn't been great, has he? Don one says um, Arsenal continues to get undermined in the transfer market. We overpay then get nothing when we sell. Exactly. But why is it that we can't retain the, retain the, the, the value of players? There is a discussion about value destruction at Arsenal that I think needs to be had because I think that's an element of it. The way we treat players when they're not playing well you know, we leave them on the bench and don't loan them out. Those things destroy their, their value as well. So, you know, I think we do a lot of that ourselves. We buy players and spend too much and then don't do anything to keep their value up. You know, Yo-Yo says, should the club look into arranging partnerships with other clubs like City and Red Bull do? Yes, absolutely. I think we're behind the curve with everything. We're always behind. We used to be the innovators, the first to do things. Now we're always late to the party. We should already have connections at other clubs where we are like the natural funnel you know, where they send their best and brightest players. We should already have connections like that. City already have connections in, in the U.S. and in other countries. So we don't even have a feeder club at this point. And I think that's a, that just shows how behind we really are, you know. But yeah, you guys. So we're going to end it there. You guys, make sure that you like and subscribe to, or like the video and subscribe to the channel. I have some really good guests coming um to the show this next um, in the next couple of weeks. Harry Simeo will be here this month. Uh, Jasmine Baba, she's a really, really good uh, female tactical and like soccer football consultant. And she's also an Arsenal fan. So we're going to do a tactics pod with her on the 20th. So make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel so you don't miss out on any of the shows. 
feel free to let me know how I can make your listening and watching experience better. If you guys like these types of shows, let me know and I will continue to do them. Next show is on Monday and um, we'll be doing a post-match show. Still working on a guest for that, so I'll keep you posted. But yeah, we'll talk after the Sheffield game. See you guys soon. Bye, guys. <laughs>